Blog Talk Radio. Hosts Dr. Glenna Calder and Mildred Lynn McDonald are delighted to bring to you Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being. Join them for honest, down-to-earth conversations on how to live a heart-centered life, suggestions on how to be in touch with your true self, and tips to strengthen and nourish your soul purpose by building a supportive community of kindred spirits. And now, let's join Dr. Glenna and Mildred Lynn. Hello, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Walk the Talk to Health and Wellness with Dr. Glenna Calder. Today, we're going to be talking about how to sustain a sense of community. Interestingly enough, Glenn and I were having a conversation, and we came up with exploration points that we can share with you as a tool or an exercise that may help you look at how community is showing up in your life. So I'd like to invite Glenna to join the program today from Port Hood, Nova Scotia. Are you there, Glenna? I'm here, Mildred Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good and really looking forward to having a good chat about community. I have a question that just came into my mind to ask. Have you always felt that you were part of a community or has the importance of being part of a community blossomed recently for you? I definitely feel like I was part of a community throughout my whole life, whether I knew that or not. But there were also times in between communities where there was no community. And at the time, I didn't know what was lacking. But looking back, it was the transition between one community to the next community probably might have been too long, or I wasn't able to identify that that's what was going on. What about yourself? Well, for me, I always seem to be a bit of a gypsy. It took me a long time to be able to find community. So for most of my life, I think I was an acquaintance in terms of community. And I'd say over the last four years, I really felt a push to discover community in different areas of my life. And I started to really value what community could bring to my life. So that leads nicely into our first point, which would be, what do you value in a community? Glenna, what do you value? I value being able to be honest and the other members of the community being honest also. What do you value? Well, I'm honesty also. (laughs) (laughs) I also really value the sense of community in terms of having the type of conversations that you want to have during the day. So many people are so busy and they have a lot on their plate. But I think a good reflection might be to sit back and ask yourself, am I having the type of conversations that I want to be having during the day? And where do I find these conversations? For many people, if you can find a good community where you feel you belong, that would be the spot where you could start having those conversations that you really enjoy and fulfill you. What about identifying with the group? How would that shake out for you? I think having something common, something strong, or a few things common really do make a difference because then we feel like we're coming from the same place and there's a level of understanding there that you can kind of skip through maybe the initial beginnings of a group where you would have not much in common. I think just something to hold together is important. Let's say you go on Meetup 
and you notice, I'll use an example from my own life, vintage clothing or vintage linens, and you find a group that just love this area, this wonderful hobby or this wonderful passion. And in seconds, you can really feel a kindred spirit or an identity as part of this group. And it's so fulfilling in your life. So I would encourage our listeners, if you're looking for community, to be clear within yourself what you identify with. And you may say, I don't know what I identify with. Well, here's a good hint to help you. Things either give you energy or they drain energy in your life. So if you find that there's an area that's showing up, it could be flowers, it could be painting, it could be darning socks. If you find an area is coming up and when you are engaged or focused on that area and if you're feeling nourished or energetic or fulfilled, that is a good signpost in terms of what type of community might be useful for you. Have you experienced that, Glenna? Definitely. I think in a one community in particular that's newer to me, and it's a group of us getting together to play volleyball, when you look at the 20 of us that have been showing up, the ages range from 25 years, which is amazing. There's some high school people, there's 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and the one thing that we have in common is a love of sports and a background in volleyball. It's really nice that we just show up, we just throw ourselves on different teams, and we have a great time for an hour and a half. And it's almost as if it's an unspoken agreement. You're focused on the task, you're enjoying each other, and there's not a lot of analytical brain work going on. That's exactly it. We're all there just to have a good time, and we're all we're thinking about is having fun on the court. We're not chatting about anything else. We're just joking around, and nothing serious comes up. It's a lot of fun. So if we look at you found your community and you want to sustain your interaction with the community, A big part and a big area that is a delicate balancing act until you learn how to do it is how much do you want to contribute? How much are you able to contribute to the community? What are your expectations in terms of contribution? What are other people's expectations in terms of your contribution? So, Glenna, in your life, being part of a community, especially a new community, how do you figure out what you can contribute Well, I look at my schedule and look at what else I'm involved in and look at also how much I want to contribute to this newer community and how much I'm able. And then right from the get-go, the first time we're meeting, I want to find out what the expectations are from everybody else so that I know, am I going to be a fit with this? And then also, is this community a good fit with me in the time that I want to allocate towards it? So have you found this is something that you're naturally good at doing or has this been a struggle Because there's a lot of social norms that go around contributing. It does come fairly natural. It's probably the driver in me to get all that early. And the times that I struggle with it are when I really have a deep passion for what's going on in the community that I tend to maybe give too much then. And then I find it hard to stay with that commitment because the passion's there, but it's taken up too much time in my life. Other parts of my life are getting out of balance. So then I have to pull back. You know, when you join a community, you do go through a honeymoon period. That's right. And it's exciting because you're in your group, you've met your people, you're talking about your passion, and everything is rosy. And as time gets on, the fairy dust blows off, so to speak. And you may find that the level of contribution that you thought you'd be able to make initially and may be committed to, and the reality as your community fits into your daily life, may not mesh up. 
So it's really important to monitor. See how I did that so nicely? When it just it's a monitor. <laughs> it's really important to monitor how you're showing up in the group and how the group is meeting your needs, your schedule, your projected hours that you might have available to contribute. Do you have anything to share, like a real-life example, Glenna, or how a person could go about monitoring? I think when you notice that before you're going to meet up with the community and contribute, to assess your energy and notice are you forcing this. If, for example, you're committing to the community two to three times a week and you notice for that third time, you're really rushing to get there and you're not really looking forward to it because you just can't manage that much time. What just came to me right now is in terms of monitoring, if you took the points that we're going to talk about and used them as a template to monitor your degree of satisfaction with your community or group, and maybe you could do that on a regular basis, whatever makes sense to you, maybe every three months or whatever, that might be a handy-dandy tool. That's right. Yeah. We've talked about value, identifying the group, how much to contribute, the value of monitoring the group that you're a part of or the community. So once you're monitoring things, you are going to receive data. And this data may need to be adjusted from time to time. For me, let's say I join a community and I'm finding I went through the honeymoon stage and now the reality of I have this commitment month after month is settling in. And I find that I may need to make an adjustment. So making an adjustment to anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's a skill like anything else. So I might decide, well, I thought initially that I could contribute five hours a month to this particular community. I'm not able to do that because I have other commitments or maybe I'm not getting the warm and fuzzies as you were talking about. You know, it's not nourishing me as much as I would like. And we all know, unless something is nourishing you, you're not going to show up in a great way. How to diplomatically, how to effectively make that adjustment? Have you any experience with that, Glenna? Yeah, one in particular that comes to mind of a time when I did monitor it and notice that I was dragging myself to that third time, a little bit rushed, a little bit stressed, but I was putting too much time to that passion I had. But then what I did was speak to the group and say, two to three times a week is too much for me. Once a week I can do. Once I spoke it out to the group and was honest, I felt much better and I didn't feel bad about contributing more than I could. Just speaking up, I think, was the key and being really clear with the group. And I'd like to offer for our listeners that since we know the adjustment stage is coming, let's build it in up front. Identify, recognize that you're going to go through a honeymoon period, an excitement period. So I would rather err on the side of contributing not enough rather than contributing too much. It's always easier to add than to take away. That's right. For our listeners, I'd like to review the five points that Glenn and I are exploring. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, I'd love to hear what Glenn is going to share with everybody. So in terms of sustaining community, the first point would be valuing. What do you value in the community? The second point was identifying with the group or community. Figuring out how much to contribute as part of your life. Monitoring how you're showing up in the community and is the community meeting your needs. 
After you monitor, you're going to want to adjust based on the data points that you've been monitoring. And when we come back in a few minutes, we'll throw the ball over to Glenna and we'll see what Glenna has to contribute to this conversation. How does that sound, Glenna? Great. We'll talk after the break. You're listening to Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being with your hosts, Dr. Glenna and Mildred Lynn. Join them for honest, down-to-earth conversations on how to live a heart-centered life, suggestions on how to be in touch with your true self, and tips to strengthen and nourish your soul purpose by building a supportive community of kindred spirits. Enjoy the show. And we're back. What we're talking about is community, and more specifically, how to sustain community in your life in a good and healthy way. In the first portion of our time together, we talked about five questions you could ask yourself to discern if you found the right community. And now Glenna is going to share some more pointers that you can use in your day-to-day life. Glenna, are you there? Yes, thank you, Mildred Lynn. You're welcome. The first point that I use a lot is, I guess, and it's a good heads up, is that sometimes the community might change. They might change their focus, or a group of new members might come in with a little bit of different interests. So what we might want to do is all of a sudden decide, no, this isn't the community for me. But sometimes it's important to either take a break, step back, and wait until all those kinks are worked out, because maybe the community's been a better match for you after the kinks have been worked out. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's quite common. Like maybe people get together to have a community. A community is full of living beings. So a community is organic in its nature. It grows, it changes, it transforms. And just like relationships that you would have with people in your life, you're either going to be moving together, changing, transforming, growing together, or you're not. So I would suggest if you're part of a community, to look at change as a potential opportunity for growth. But also to be very clear, would this type of growth be the growth I'm looking for in my life? That's a really good point. Second one I want to talk about is boundaries. Knowing your boundaries early on before you get too involved in the group. The clearer you can be, the clearer you can be with others. And it might invite others to think about their boundaries and being clear so then they are able to communicate that to you. So right up front, you know what the other members will be putting in, and it might help you figure out, too, where you fit in. So in terms of maybe time, effort, how much you're sharing, and it might change as the group changes, but you might want to revisit that every two to three months. Well, as you were talking about it, Glenna, what was coming to me is the art of saying no. Mm. And what I've always found useful in terms of establishing boundaries is practicing beforehand. Nobody likes to say a direct no. So it would be really useful to have maybe three or four phrases that you could use that lean towards diplomacy to help you support and to honor your boundaries. So one example could be, I'm not able to participate in this for the reason X, Y, Z. Thank you for supporting me in this decision. Or thank you for understanding where I'm coming from. Or let's revisit this in another month. Or if things change, you'll be the first to know. These are some examples of real phrases that I use to respect and honor my boundaries. 
Does that make sense to you, Glenna? That makes a lot of sense. And being on the other end of that, just listening to you, it's, you're saying no, but you're saying it in a really respectful way, and you're very, very, very clear, which I think is really helpful. So what's your next point? Next point would be that in any community, there's a possibility that the role you play might have an expiration date on it. And to be open to that, maybe you might not know when that date is, but you also might know, I think this is going to be a three to four month role for me in this particular community. And that's okay. It might be something that you just know. But when that time comes up, that it's okay. It's not like you're quitting. It's you've had a great opportunity and you're open space for maybe another opportunity to come in. I really like that one because there's an art and science, a gracefulness, a graciousness to knowing when your time is complete and it's time to make an exit. And when you think about it, we talked about it a little bit before, a community is a living, growing thing because it's full of people who are living, growing things. And your community may simply go off in a direction that you're not interested in, or you may go off in a direction that doesn't really dovetail with the community. There's nothing wrong with that. People and community weave in and out of your life throughout your whole lifetime. So expect that you may be part of a community for a year, for five years, for 20 years. But be very aware, based on who you are and what your values are and, and what your priorities are and your interests are, is that it's very possible that the relationship in the community with the community may come to an end. And we can look at it in a comical way with food. They have best before dates. <laughs> so, if you look at yourself as, as that uh, you want to show up before your best before date expires <laughs> that's right I think going into it even in the honeymoon stage knowing that this seems like it's something I want to be a part of forever but knowing that there might be an expiration date will help from being disappointed when that date comes and the last one I'd like to talk about is using your voice within the community. Sometimes it might be difficult. Sometimes you might be uncomfortable. But examine why are you uncomfortable. Is it because you simply need practice and you need to start from somewhere? Or is it because you don't feel included in the group? They're two different things. But sometimes you want to even come out and practice some baby steps and see maybe the group is going to respond to you much differently than you're thinking inside your head that they're going to. Give them a chance. And... Use your voice in terms of sharing wisdom, sharing experiences, or just asking questions is a great way to start. So in terms of taking baby steps, you might want to first ask somebody in the group about their interests that got them involved in the community. And each time you'll do it, it'll get easier and easier. And then before you know it, you won't even be thinking twice before you're speaking up in the group. Do you have any comments to share about that point? I really like, I'm all about using your voice. I love what you're talking about. In terms of starting by asking questions, who can go wrong by asking questions? Mm. And the other part about using your voice, and I discovered this for myself, you're in a group setting, you're in a community setting, and people are speaking up, and you're in your head trying to think up a question to ask because you're feeling, well, other people are asking questions and I want to show up in a way that I'm contributing to the group. Forget about that. Sit there Do some deep listening, listen in a genuine, sincere manner, and trust 
that when your question is available from your heart or from your spirit, it will show up. And then all you need to do is ask it. So there's been many a meeting or a group situation or community situation that once I realized this, I sat there and the gift I was bringing to the table was my deep, sincere and genuine listening. As I listened, naturally from my heart and my spirit, a question would come up. And I always said to myself, once I clued into this, I will trust myself that when I have a question, it will come from my heart and spirit. And at that point, I will be moved to ask the question. And all I really have to do is open up my vocal cords and ask it. Have you ever had that experience, Glenna? Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it took me a long time to get to that place to even realize that it can happen. So entrusting in the beginning is really tough. You almost have to do it in baby steps, maybe in smaller groups, and just sit there and listen and go, the question I'm going to pre-formulate will probably not even be relevant by the time the person stops speaking in two or three minutes. So sit there and really listen and know that the relevant question will come when the person finished speaking, if there is a relevant question that you want to ask. But you said the key word is trusting that it will happen because it will happen. Do you have any other points? No, those are my four points that I wanted to share today. Okay, and do you want to review them, Glenna? Sure. The first one was that a community may change for various reasons. Be open to that. Look at it optimistically because change is a good thing. And sometimes, and oftentimes, we notice that with change, we actually, there's a better fit there going on. The second one would be boundaries, being clear and being able to communicate your boundaries and always be listening to for other people's boundaries that they're communicating to you. Third one would be knowing there's an expiration date often in the role we're playing in a community. The expiration date might be three months, it might be five years, but it also could be 10 or 15 years. Just be open that there is one. The fourth one would be using your voice for whatever, whether it's expressing your opinion or your wisdom, and knowing that when you're listening to other people, trust that the questions that you might want to ask, that they'll come, they'll come eventually. I like that. So when Glenn and I were talking a little earlier today, we were saying with these nine points that we're sharing, it's a wonderful tool for you to be able to use. We've used it ourselves, and we are going to use this template ourselves, continue to use it, to really look at, to explore, to discover, to discern the role community plays in your life and the role that you play in community. I've had several people saying that when they listen to the podcast, they sit there with their journal and maybe a cup of tea or another beverage in a quiet place, and they go through each of the points. They simply pause the podcast. They do some journaling. Then they would turn the podcast on again, journal some more, and that's how they choose to use the tool. Other people sit in a quiet place and go through the whole podcast at once and then go back with their journal. So there's a number of ways you can utilize the content that we're providing here. Community is so important. Belonging to a community, showing up in a good way, having the community nourish you is so important. And we all deserve and need to have good, positive things in our lives that support our life force energy. So community for Glenna and I, we're doing a six-part series. This is part three. Podcasts, the 30-minute podcasts, are available on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So you can either stream them 
or download. Also, if you find the information on building community, sustaining community, identifying community is useful to you or another person, pass along the link. Anything else to say, Glenna, before we sign off for the day? No, I hope you all enjoy going through the tools, and I guarantee you'll be involved in really valuable communities if you do use these tools to assess the communities you're in. You have a wonderful day, and I look forward to our next episode, Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being. Talk to you later. Thanks, Mildred. Thank you for joining us. This is Deb Caracella. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being with hosts Dr. Glenna and Mildred Lynn airs the fourth Thursday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time and 8.30 p.m. Atlantic Time. See you next time.